Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and around the world. TGIF, TGIF, thank God it is Friday. I know it's Friday because today is my anniversary. Yes, today I celebrate the day that 26 years ago, friends, I married my high school sweetheart and she is the absolute love of my life. I would not be the man I am today, nor would I have the two amazing and beautiful daughters, patriots, that I have today if it was not for my bride. So to my uh, to Mrs. Harris, Jennifer, uh, happy anniversary, sweetheart. I love you so much. So uh, I knew it was Friday, the 17th, because I've been waiting for this day. Got to change a whole lot of things on my, uh, my bio instead of married 25 years. I get to say 26 years now. And yes, 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 before you... Go guessing how old we were when we met. We met each other when we were 10. <laughs> well, not really, but uh, she is my high school sweetheart. So thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with this brother right here. I do truly appreciate uh, you, all of you, from Facebook to Twitter to uh, YouTube. Thank you for sharing, retweeting, and sharing. And again, Facebook's being nice to me right now, so I gotta take it while I can get it. Never know how long that will last, but uh, please share and know that your shares go a lot farther right now on Facebook than they used to. And if you're listening by my subscription to uh, my podcast, The David J. Harris Jr. Show, thank you so much for choosing to spend a little bit of your day with me. You uh, get the incredible one-on-one -on -one interviews like I did today with Isaiah Washington. Yes, the celebrity, the movie star that was in Grey's Anatomy. How many of you ladies out there love, loved, lo still love Grey's Anatomy? Isaiah Washington was uh, a key role on that. He's been a, He's done a lot in Hollywood. We cleared a lot of things up today. We talked about, gosh, we talked about George Soros. We talked about Biden. We talked about spirituality. It got a little deep and heavy for a minute. Uh, a little bit of back and forth. It was actually really good. I know you're going to love it. We talked about this president, and we talked about exactly why he chose to support this president in the middle of, uh, of being in Hollywood. It's something that a lot of individuals choose not to do. But uh, that podcast will drop in just a couple days, as well as the rest I did this week. Uh, constitutional law attorney Jenna Ellis. I had David Benham on. I had, uh, oh my goodness. Oh, I did Liz Crokin from Out of the Sh Out of Shadows. How many of you have seen Out of Shadows yet on uh, YouTube? You can go to outofshadows.org to check that out. I did that interview yesterday with Liz. You're going to want to hear what she has to say. So if you're not already subscribed to my podcast, please take a minute after the show and subscribe. And if you like my content, give me five stars and leave a review as well. That goes a long way to help me continue to reach the masses with the truth. So today, just a little bit ago, I wanted to hear what the president had to say, the vice president, about this current pandemic that we are in. Got to hear from Dr. Fauci, got to hear from Dr. Burks. And the beautiful thing I love, I got to tell you, I am absolutely so just elated and in love with the fact that our president loves us. You can just tell. You can hear it the way he speaks about us. You know, for eight years, I don't know about you, but for eight years, we endured a president that truly didn't seem like he loved America very much. He went around the world make apologizing on our behalf, bowing to other world leaders, uh, continued to do things that worked, in my opinion, anti-American, decimating our, our military, 
at the same time trying to continue to extend the reach of big government. Now we have somebody in office that is self-professed our biggest cheerleader. And friends, that feels stinking good. I've got this clip from the president right today talking exactly and telling the world, because you know the world is watching him, telling the world exactly how good we are. Ultimate victory in this war will be made possible by America's scientific brilliance. Uh, there is nothing like us. There is nobody like us, not even close. I wish I could tell you stories what other countries, even powerful countries, say to me, the leaders. And they say it quietly and they say it off the record, but they have great respect for what we can do. And our country is uh, at a point a few weeks ago, think of it, four or five weeks ago, we were at a level that nobody had ever attained, the best job numbers we've ever had, the best economy we've ever had. Every company virtually was doing better business than ever before. The stock market was at all-time highs. And then one day they said, you got to close it up. And we did the right thing. We saved maybe millions of lives by doing it the way we did it. But we're paying a price, but that price is very unimportant compared to the number of lives we're talking about. Yes, the price that we all have paid. We've got to remember and keep that in mind. Friends, I had billionaire philanthropist Gary Haven on my show, on my podcast, about a month ago, and he shared some of the same numbers that the president has shared with all of us, that the deaths could have very well been in to the million, even two million mark. That would have been nothing that any of us would have wanted to deal with and face. So I truly believe that because of the president's leadership, cutting off the ports of entry from China when he did in January, even when the World Health Organization was saying that there was nothing to worry about, and then all of us Americans together doing our part, social distancing, self-isolating to mitigate the spread of that contagion is the reason why we have the low numbers that we do have. I know some of my friends and colleagues in this conservative space have been very vocal about the fact that they thought the entire thing was a farce. I actually believe a little differently. I believe that it was a bioengineered virus that was meant and sent to try to destroy and decimate our economy, our country, and get our president kicked out of office. Well, that didn't happen. The president answered. He made decisions that helped mitigate this, and we will grow through this and survive and thrive. While on the other side, we've got Joe Biden. <laughs> Can you believe, friends? that there are liberals out there, there are Democrats out there that think that it doesn't matter what Joe Biden does, what he says, where he's at, if he's speaking or if he's not speaking, it doesn't matter that Joe is gonna win this year regardless, just based off of what they say is the fact that President Trump is that bad. Are you kidding me? And who are you talking to? What audience are you telling this nonsense to? Well, you maybe could guess it, but I'll show you for yourself. There is a demographic of people out there that literally don't know Bullstein when they hear it, but they're hearing it. But the truth of the matter is that even if Joe Biden was locked in a trunk in a basement in the middle of the Canary Islands, um, he would still win this election. That's how bad his opponent is. So I don't even I'm not worried about it that much because everybody knows uh, Joe Biden. It's like having a relative that you haven't seen for a while, but you know, he's great. No, 
No, he's like a relative some of us have. And unfortunately, the ladies of The View refuse to acknowledge that some of us that have relatives that can't hardly put two words together, it's actually a mental illness. And it's nothing that anybody running for the president of the United States should be dealing with or showing signs of and then trying to become the leader of the free world. But that's what they think. Well, let's hear from Joe Biden himself. Let's hear if Joe himself has anything to say about that, that, that actually has any substance whatsoever. Does this make you want to vote for Joe? Kinds of things that that have to be done. Um, you know, there's a uh, during World War Two, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that, uh, you know, was totally different than a then the, the it's called he called it the you know the World War Two he had the war the the War Production Board kinds of things that that have to be done um, you know there's a uh, during World War Two uh, you know where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that uh, you know was totally different than a than the, the it's called he called it the you know the World War Two he had the war the the War Production Board. Am I missing something? Is it just me? Am I missing something? He wants to become the president of the United States. (laughs) And the Democrats are pushing that that man, with all of his coherence, should become the leader of the free world. It is that bad for the Democrat Party. You know, the mainstream media... The Hollywood elites, all these liberal celebrities, they every single time these ladies from The View or anybody else continues to say stuff like they just did, propping up Joe Biden like he is so good, and then we hear, they actually hear, think about that. If they're watching the same stations, they're watching The View, they're watching CNN, they're hearing the ladies of The View and all these other stations talk about how great Joe Biden is, and then they're watching CNN, and they're not understanding a word Joe Biden is saying. (laughs) I think it's waking a lot of Democrats up. I don't know if 50 Cent was honest or being genuine, but 50 Cent actually posted to his Twitter yesterday to his millions of followers that everything we're hearing about Donald Trump is fake news and he's going to start going after everybody that talks trash about Donald Trump. Now, regardless of what you think personally about 50 Cent, he is an icon in the black community. Can you imagine if we had Kanye West and 50 Cent? Now, 50, he needs uh, an awakening of his spirit and his mind like Kanye had. But can you imagine when icons actually start to stand up for the truth of how good this president is? Can you even conceive of the ripple effect that will take place throughout the black community and then all of the liberals that have been calling individuals like me, my good friend Terrence Williams, he's like a little brother to me. He's got a hashtag trending on Twitter right now that says protect Terrence Williams because he's been getting death threats. Somebody actually said that they wanted to chop his head off and some other very vulgar, degrading, evil, and vile things. Those things, I think individuals feel confident that they can say stuff like that to us conservatives because the rest of the black folks in the, in the, in the black community 
they call us those things too. But if you start to have icons standing up for this president, siding with conservatives, siding with this president, you're going to see some major changes in the way people are talking about us because of those people. I'm just telling you what I feel, what I think. Uh, we'll see if what 50, we'll see if 50 cent doubles down on that. Definitely would not be a bad thing at all. Well, Joe Biden has asked for individuals to make memes of him. <laughs> he wants to get into the meme war. The Biden campaign invited people to make their own Team Joe meme. It did not go as planned. The Biden campaign came up with what they thought was a great deal. Let the people make up their own Team Joe meme. Talk about setting yourselves up. Some of the memes are downright funny, although I'm sure the Biden campaign is not laughing. Biden supporters did not take up the job as they fervently as the fervently conservative voters did. This is not what Team Joe expected, but it is what they received. Twitter user came up with endorsements from Chinese President Xi Jinping, the devil, literally, he's what he's been called. Several members of the media, including CNN White House correspondent Jim Acosta, convicted sex offender Harvey Weinstein, North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un, and Corn Pop, and a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Let's take a look at uh, a couple of these. Let's see. What, what are they... What are they, oh, that's not even funny right there. <laughs> are you kidding me? Let me see. Let's, what else do we got here? I'm on Team Joe. Oh, that's what they put up there. They said, use this and then create your own meme. Let's see what this one is. Oh, there, there's Acosta. Oh, my goodness. Brian Stelter. Friends. It did not go as planned for Joe Biden, but that is how far they're reaching. Literally throwing it out into the stratosphere. You know the beautiful thing about memes and conservatives? Is we come up with these on our own. My good friend, Benny Johnson, uh, part of Turning Point, uh, Turning Point USA, he's constantly creating memes. My good, my, I've got several friends that are creating memes, and they do it because they come up with the ideas to just throw out there, oh, go, go create a meme and make it great. It loses its its luster. It's you're not going to get the same kind of content. But the fact that the Biden campaign is reaching that deep to try to make something happen shows you just how truly desperate they are. Well, we've got uh, uh, we had Mike Pence speak today, and I, I love the fact that the president chose this man as his uh, vice president. We're talking about states reopening. And I actually have an article being worked on that's going to let everybody know if your state is in phase one and can begin reopening. There's about 10 states, at least right now, that are refusing to reopen, even though the president said, if you're in phase one, you can reopen. We've got states that gov whose governors are just all about defying this president, wanting to do things their own way, regardless of how many businesses it hurts or people it hurts. And that's pretty a sad thing. That's a pretty sad thing to say. Mike Pence had some specifics about these states. And again, I'm thankful for Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, the president's new guidelines for opening up America again. States that meet the criteria for going into phase one and then are preparing the testing that is contemplated by going to phase one. Our best scientists and health experts assess that today we have a sufficient amount of testing to meet the requirements of a phase one reopening if state governors should choose to do that. So again, it is up to your governor. If you're in a state where your governor is just refusing to open, 
you better understand it's all politics. They don't really care about the businesses. They don't care about their own constituents. All they care about is hurting enough people and then hoping that their cohorts, the media, comes to their side and continues to blame Donald Trump for this crisis when every single one of us, even the media, should be holding China accountable and the World Health Organization accountable. I don't see them doing that on mainstream media. I don't see it on pretty much any news outlet other than Fox uh, and OAN and right here at the DavidHarrisJr.com media center. I need my own network. I'm working towards that. We'll, we'll get there one day. But uh, here's some other very disturbing news that we're not hearing from most mainstream media channels. The epicenter for this entire virus pandemic, Wuhan, they changed their numbers on their death toll. In just one day, their reported death toll numbers increased by 50%, jumped by 50% in just one day. And why is that? Well, it's because other people were reporting on the facts and they couldn't continue to lie to us. Wuhan, Chinese, the, the Chinese city at the epicenter of the worldwide virus outbreak dramatically lifted the number of cases and deaths late Thursday evening after a citywide investigation, their state media reported. Local authorities admitted earlier figures had been skewed because of omissions, delays, and get this, errors. The Wuhan government stated total confirmed infections within the city have been revi revised to 50,000 uh, as of Thursday, a rise of 325 cases, but the deaths are now 3869, 1290 greater than its previous count. Now, again, I still don't consider any of those numbers anything that we can count on. You look at, and Gary Haven shared this. I shared it uh, in his podcast. We talked about it. There was a report. You can go research this for yourself. Cellular phone usage in China between the months of January and February decreased by over 21 million. 21 million cell phones no longer in use in China. Now, the Chinese, uh, uh, the Chinese networks put out a response to that and they said, well, that's because so many people had two phones and during the outbreak, they stopped using one of them. They cut the service off. Really? That's what you want us to believe? 21 million people walking around with two cell phones and just decided, oh, I'm going to get rid of one of them now because of this pandemic? Even if that were true for half of the number, I don't think it's a far stretch of the imagination to think that 10 million people are no longer in existence in China. Add to that the number of urns, the number of coffins. We've reported on it here before flooding into Wuhan. I actually have a personal friend of mine, Joy Villa. Her brother was traveling through China and she shared uh, that he had told her directly of some very grotesque things that he saw with his own eyes going on. So friends, we cannot trust China. Uh, Chinese people, I love them, but the Chinese Communist Party, they're not our friends. And why isn't the mainstream media telling us this? Well, that's why I'm here. I'm gonna tell you the news and give it to you straight. Here's some good information. I know when once we get out of all this, we gotta get back to the business of exposing and holding the individuals accountable that tried to 
uh, get rid of our president. Those that were conspiring, literally an attempted coup, plotting against the president. We need to make sure that they are held accountable. Here's a little piece of this. Newly released information shows that Russians tried to sabotage Trump bid, not help him, like the mainstream media continued to report. This country was under investigation by Democrats for three years in an effort to drive our duly elected president from office. He was accused of colluding with Russia in order to win the 2016 election. Both the Mueller report and the IG report debunked that hoax. Now it appears that the Russians were actually working to elect Hillary. How do we know this? Two Russian intelligence officers were aware that Christopher Steele was investigating Trump. Other Russians were feeding disinformation to Steele, and since it fit the narrative he was trying to create, he never questioned it. One of the informants expressed his desire that Hillary wins in 2016. At that point, someone should have investigated his veracity. Did these hoaxes originate in the Kremlin? I don't know, and at this point I don't care, but after we get the perps, if we do, then would be the time to lay the final blame. The recently released footnote d- details uh, does detail the fact that at least one of the sources had a political agenda, but it was for Hillary, not Trump. Call out the special prosecutor. There must have been collusion between Hillary and Russia. That's what I think. That seems to make sense. Yet that, again, is not what the mainstream media continued to share with any of us. They've been one-sided all the way down the line. Now, we had that judge. I reported on the, uh, I reported on the matter in St. Louis, the shooting that happened. The AG there uh, uh, released the individual. They had pulled out a gun and shot somebody point blank. What about the judges, the activist judges, that release illegal aliens once they've committed heinous crimes? And they say, well, you know what? They're undocumented and they basically have special treatment. Well, one activist judge was actually held accountable. Thank you, Lord. Hopefully this sets a precedence. Judge charged for allegedly letting an illegal alien escape says she's the victim of political bias. A Massachusetts judge has been charged with obstruction of justice for helping an illegal alien escape from an ICE officer. She now claims political bias. Well, here's the story. She would not allow the ICE officer to wait in her court to arrest Jose Medina Perez, an illegal alien. The judge, Shelley Joseph, along with her retired court officer, Wesley McGregor, stands accused of aiding Medina Perez from escaping from ICE. She held a meeting at her desk and she instructed the clerk to turn off the recording device, which is against the law in Massachusetts as they plotted to sneak the illegal out the back door. The agent was waiting in the lobby for hours and eventually left. Now the judge is making the ludicrous claim of political bias. Her lawyers are asking for an investigation into the prosecutor. If found guilty, the judge is looking at up to 29 years in federal prison. She claims he is biased against her because he is against sanctuary cities. You don't have to be politically biased to be against sanctuary cities. You've just got to be personally uh, biased toward, towards your own protection and the protection of your friends and family. Why in the world do so many individuals think it's okay for somebody to break the law and get into our country, and then if they break the law in our country, they're, they're still given sanctuary or they're released by a judge? It just doesn't make any sense. If you're a conservative or if you don't live in bizarro land like it seems that most of these liberals live, It just doesn't make any stinking sense, yet we're the ones that have to deal with it. It's pretty stinking disgusting, and I'm really, really getting tired of it. 
Here we've got uh, more information coming out. More information that needs to come out. Senators Grassley and Johnson demand FBI Director Ray turn over all FBI records on Crossfire Hurricane. Senator Chuck Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson have sent a letter to the FBI Director Christopher Ray demanding all of the records in Crossfire Hurricane. They will not get a, get a thing from that deep state dweller, though, we are pretty sure. After AG Barr declassified four footnotes from the DOJ IG report, the Republicans want to know what Obama knew and when he knew it. The Republicans, having seen much, much evidence of corruption behavior from the Democrats, would like to see if Obama or people within his administration knew that Russian collusion was a hoax. The footnotes said that some analysts have been informed of the fact that the Steele-Hillary dossier was made up stories by the Russians who were pulling for Hillary. In fact, the footnotes proved that the FBI had multiple warnings that the dossier was a fraud. Both Mueller's report and the IG report debunked large portions of the dossier, so why did they keep using it? Not for honest reasons, we can tell you that much. And finally, unfortunately in New York, you know, they've been hit pretty hard, but the governor there, the mayor there, Mayor de Blasio, he, uh, he's not all about getting the people back going in one of our biggest cities in the country. He, even though the numbers are, are decreasing, he's actually extended the shutdown into July or potentially August, friends. Tell me that is not absolutely political. When they've got all the ventilators they need, they've got so many ventilators that uh, Governor Cuomo is actually giving ventilators away. They didn't need the ship that the president sent them. They're on the downturn of the curve. Why wouldn't they wait to why would they wait to reopen until July or August? Friends, it's got to be 100% political. There's an old adage that you get what you pay for and so it is with the people living in New York City. Although you could categorize it as buyer's remorse, I believe. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has declared that the city will not reopen until July or August at the earliest. Restaurant Row will resemble the Bronx back in the 80s and 90s with empty, burned outbuildings wherever you went. Small businesses and many bigger ones will simply declare bankruptcy. You cannot just close for months and hope to be able to reopen your door in the fall. Chronic unemployment will drain city resources and the federal government cannot bail out every place that decides to close the door for extended periods of time. De Blasio has already closed schools for the year. Unemployment checks will not be enough to make up for all of the people unable to work at their well-paying jobs. With no one earning money, stores, restaurants, and other businesses that depend on consumer spending will simply dry up and blow away. It may result in the fact that New York City will never recover from such a prolonged shutdown. That is a sad state of affairs. Yet once again, I truly believe that this pandemic is bringing to the forefront how these governors actually govern. And that is what's important and should be of utmost importance to all of us Americans. It starts at the state level. If you don't like how your governor is handling things, spread the word. Encourage your family, encourage your friends to make a decision come election day. Get rid of the individuals that seem to be playing partisan politics with all of your lives and put somebody in office that's actually a champion for the people, for all the people. Put somebody in office that supports this president's America First agenda. Put somebody in office that is a true patriot 
that loves conservative values, that loves and wants to protect the lives of the unborn babies, and is all about making this country greater than it's ever been. God bless you all on this Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to my podcast. I have some amazing one-on-one interviews on there that you're not going to want to miss. The David J. Harris Jr. Show. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. We'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Friday. (laughs) 